0: Hey everyone and welcome to episode number 83 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media and things a little bit different today. Not sure if you've noticed baseball fan we're in a lockout. Sucks. I know that we're still months away from spring training and all that sort of stuff but we haven't had the player movement that we had during the last couple weeks of November which was a ton of fun so how in the world do we solve this lockout right now and what exactly are the players fighting for. I, I think obviously it's very convoluted. It's tough for us as an average baseball fan to understand. So we're going to try and ease your burden a bit. Uh, you know this one guy, you know him, you love him. He's a co-host of the Chris Rose rotation. He is Lucas Giglio. Lucas, it's good to see you, man. How are you?
1: How's it going, Chris? I'm doing, all right.
0: doing all right. Now, your title is just player rep, right?
1: Yeah, I am the player rep for the White Sox.
0: Okay all right but we brought in some pretty heavy hitters today is that oh yeah is that correct oh yeah all right well first you knew him once as a chicago white sock and then as an oakland a and then as a toronto blue jay and in the off season he just signed on to swing it for the texas rangers he is marcus simeon hi marcus how are you I'm doing well chris good to see you guys good to see you as well and finally Uh, He was a Baltimore Oriole back in the day and now a New York Yankee. He's Also an executive union member, Zach, not with an H, but with a K, (laughs) Britain. Hi, Zach. How are you? I'm doing great. Glad to be on. All right. So you and Marcus are executive board members and Lucas is just like the little kid in the corner. Is it, am I reading (laughs) that right, Zach? Is that the way it is during the union meetings?
2: Uh, Not necessarily. You know, everyone, um, you know, it's a choice to obviously be involved and it takes a lot of time. So I think anybody that's involved, whether you're on the board or you're a player rep, I think, you know, everyone's opinion is weighted equally. And, uh, you know, he was up in Dallas and I think that was important for, for him and for everybody to get the players up there. And he got a, a, a nice taste of, of what everything is like in person. So uh, I don't think the title matters as much. We're all working for the same thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, Zach, on this podcast, you're supposed to say, absolutely, we don't listen to him. He might be one of the biggest guys in the room. But, you know, we just kind of wave over at Lucas and we just say, when well, we need you to That's vote That's what I meant. Something. That's what I was going to say. Thank actually. you. Thank you. Marcus, how long have you been a, a uh, I guess, a senior executive board member or whatever the heck that would be in the union circles?
3: I think I got voted in in 2020. So I was a player rep for, uh, I think, four years with Oakland. Um, usually what happened at least in the clubhouse I was in was a veteran guy finds a young guy who you know think they, they think might be around for a while um, in Oakland so I was I played in Oakland for six years I was around and I was you know kind of just you know the stability of having one guy as a player rep for a while uh, is important for a team um, I, Lucas has been doing it as well for the White Sox so then I then I got uh, voted on by the players to be on the subcommittee which is a group of eight guys so we have 38 total votes when we have certain issues
0: okay uh lucas what made you want to get involved in something like this
1: Ooh, it started back in the day um my uncle my dad's brother is a uh, labor lawyer um mm-hmm. so that kind of like union uh representation uh You know, fighting for the workforce uh, has been like huge in my family. Um, He's had cases up against some of like the biggest corporations in America. So I learned all about it at a young age. And then when I got into baseball, um, I was introduced to like the MLB Players Union at this like event held for prospects. Um, I forget what it's called. Uh, but we had a meeting with Tony Clark, uh, where he kind of went over the list of like what the union's all about in baseball. Uh, you know, when you guys get to the big leagues, like this is a very important part, you know, understanding the business of the game and, and how all of this works. And I was kind of hooked, uh, right then and there when I was like 19 years old. And so. Yeah, when I did make it up to the big leagues, uh, I was not a player rep immediately. Um, You know, I just tried to kind of watch and learn uh, from, you know, the player reps uh, on the Nationals and the White Sox. And then uh, I ended up getting voted in uh, a couple of years ago uh, to represent the White Sox. And here I am now.
0: All right, guys, give me a sense because we're taping this right around. Christmas, and it doesn't feel like anything's going to get solved anytime in the near future. And that's not what this particular show is about. But kind of give us a sense of of what your day as a team rep or as an executive with the union, what it's like. Zach, are you are you getting calls from teammates? Are you getting calls from guys around the league and trying to answer questions?
2: You know, I think a little bit uh, right now, Um, you know, obviously nothing like dealing with a pandemic. I think a lot of us that are that were player reps were on the board. Um, You know, that was a lot tougher than this right now. I I think the the union's done a good job of of relaying information. Uh, So it's available to all the players already. So um, there's not a whole lot of questions that kind of need to be answered right now. Um, Not a whole lot going on, as you said. Uh, but I think that the union, we've learned a lot through the pandemic of how to communicate better, and I think that's that's helping us now. I, I feel like I'm not getting as many calls as I did during COVID um, as, you know, as we're going through this process. I obviously, you know, myself and Garrett Cole and I, own, uh, we kind of share the duties in New York, which is great. So um, those guys have helped me out a lot uh, in communicating with him. Um, and I think it makes it easier than just, you know, having one guy, you know, doing everything.
0: Marcus, um, for you, you know, you're, you haven't even met a lot of your new teammates. So what's it like for you right now?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm still, you know, I'm on the group chat with the Blue Jays. still. it's kind of like you're with your former team when you're in the off season. Um, I've been on. A one-year deal last year, now a new team this year. So I feel like 2020, um, la- the offseason after 20, whenever we had union stuff, I was dealing with the Oakland guys still. And then once you play a season with the new team, um, you're with them. And now I feel like um, I will transition to the Rangers, obviously, next offseason and when I get there. But Nick Solak is over there. Um, couple of younger guys who were a part of the meetings in Dallas obviously it being in Dallas there were a lot more Rangers uh, young guys there so uh, I'm looking forward to you know kind of teaching those Rangers young kids what the union is all about and how important it is to be involved
0: all right so you know it's one thing to not have baseball movement and player movement in December like it kind of sucks for us as fans because the last two and a half, three weeks of November was so much fun watching guys like Marcus join a new team or guys get re-upped, whatever it is. It builds a lot of excitement. And now, boom, everything comes to a full stop. But Lucas, when you're fielding questions from teammates or guys around the league and they say, okay, it's one thing to have this happen in December. Like, what does this mean to me, a guy who's under contract and we get closer to February and shit is not solved yet?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of like where we're at that's that's part of the process right now um i think that you know zach touched on this uh going through the pandemic year uh kind of fighting for what we wanted as players uh really coming together communicating well uh that puts us in a good position now uh when there is all that uncertainty that we know where we stand. We know what we need to fight for in this process. And, you know, even if things are delayed a little bit, um, we're here, we're ready to negotiate. We're going to keep pushing for, you know, getting a season going as soon as possible.
0: So what happens now, guys? Like you guys are locked out. You can't use the facilities. Just let the fans know what does somebody from the, the league that's representing the owners pick up, the phone and call you guys and be like, Hey, let's have a sit down meeting. Zach, how does, what happens?
2: I don't think they're going to be calling any of us anytime soon, but I think they might call Bruce or Tony. Uh, And yeah, I honestly, I, I think it's just going to be how it was, you know, before we met in Dallas, we're going to get on these calls or we're going to, you know, obviously with, you know, how the virus is spreading in New York right now, I'm not sure we're going to do any in person or, or maybe very few, Uh, we'll just hop on calls and we'll try to hash uh, stuff out i mean that's just kind of all we can do at this stage um we feel like you know we've offered uh, some good proposals and and really we didn't get anything from there and in dallas so uh, we're just going to continue to you know negotiate and um, try to make the the game just a little bit more competitive is obviously our biggest thing and we can only just continue to reiterate that to the league that that's our, our main goal we want every team to be you know trying to win you know year in and year out we think that's fair for the fan bases um and and that's what we want we're going to continue just to send that message i think that's the biggest thing for us and we'll communicate what they want to communicate and hopefully um you know like lucas said we'll we'll get something done sooner rather than later but um communication has been important for us covid uh unfortunately you know going through that i think really strengthened the bond that the union has with the players and the communication so i feel like um everyone's informed, you know, you can get as much information as you want. And, uh, you know, we're, we're in a good position because of the communication.
0: All right. So Marcus, it feels like as a fan, that's a little bit doom and gloom, right? We're like, we don't know where, what this is going to lead to. Are we going to get to spring training on time? Are we going to lose some games in the regular season? Like fans, it's just, it's really difficult to grab onto. I know that for you guys as, as union reps, You want every team to compete at the highest level. Is it somewhat encouraging that a team like one you joined that lost 102 games a year ago gave a half a billion dollars to a middle infield? Is it encouraging that the Detroit Tigers, who have been crappy the last several years, go out and give Javi Baez a ton of dough and bring in Erod and, you know, pick up Tucker Barnhart's contract from the Reds? Is that encouraging? And if so, can you use that to maybe catapult some discussion with the owners and say, this is good.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think that it's, it's very important for, you know, free agents to have as many choices as they can, can possibly have. And that means that teams, you know, you look at the post 2020, there were, there were not too many teams in the free agent, uh, you know, shopping the free agent market. You go after a full season of 2021, you see these new teams that, you, you know, are surprising people because they're spending, but that's how the system is supposed to be anyway. I think that um, you know, once you get to free agency, it's a it's it's a right that we have fought for and earned, and um, you know, teams can bid on you. I think that the more the more teams that are in it, the better. And this this year was a good start, but if you look at the deals that were signed, um, you know that we still feel like there there should be more guys getting getting signed and, and making more. I think that the value that we bring as players is extremely high. Um, and once the teams kind of realize the value of a, a guy who is, you know, say post age 29 with the experience and in the, you know, just the talent in that combination, more teams will, will want those players. And that's what we want. Uh, you know, as unit, that's one, that's one thing
0: we want as a union. Do you guys, how much do you guys pay attention to what baseball fans are saying on social media? I mean, Lucas, you and I have talked about this. I have never gone to a baseball game to go watch an owner own. Like, I've come to watch you guys play because you're the best in the world and I love this sport. Do you feel like, even though there might be some fans out there who say, Well, I would play the, the game I love for free. Well, shit, I ain't watching you play because you suck. <laughs> Like I would never pay to watch myself play because I can't do it, but I would pay to watch Lucas Giolito or Zach Britton or Marcus Simeon play. Do you feel like the public's in your corner during this?
1: I'd say I'd say that, uh, yeah. More recently, I think that a lot of fans are understanding that, and and one of the clear messages that that we want to make is that. We're doing this to improve the game. You know, the fans are like the lifeblood. You know, they are uh, the reason why we play. Uh, they pay the tickets. They watch it on TV. They support the these teams. We want to make the game better for them. We want, you know, 30 teams competing, trying to field the best possible players uh, so that the game is more competitive. That's kind of what we are, like, stressing with our proposals is let's make the game better for everybody. Uh, number one being the fans. So that's kind of where we're at.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's tough for me as a Guardians fan, Cleveland Guardians, in case you guys didn't paid attention. Yep. Made that little move in the offseason. To see that Max Scherzer, whom I love, and I want him to get as much money as he can, that he's going to make more money than my team next year. Like, that's a <laughs> kick in the balls. I got to be honest with you. Like, it kind of sucks. You know, and it's hard. Like, how do – how does my team compete against Lucas's team in that division? That's a, it's really tough for fans to, to take Zach. Like you understand our frustration a little bit.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I got on uh, my, my Twitter account not too long ago and I actually asked the fans just certain things about the game because um, I actually honestly wanted to know, I didn't do it for any other reason. I had been reading about like what fans want, right. From, different people in the media and i was like i mean maybe the only thing i like about social media is the fact that you can just reach a bunch of people really quick and get a bunch of opinions right so i asked the fans like hey what do you like and not like about our game like what would you change and uh you know media blackouts is probably number one on the thing (laughs) they hated the blackouts and i thought you know i thought that's fascinating but you know fans you know are really in tune and and i feel you know like with us sometimes you're in your little bubble playing and you don't see the game as a fan, right? We see it as this is our job and how do I perform and get people out. But when it comes to the competition, you know, you know, these teams have have done well. I mean, you've seen the increases of these franchise values, right? Um, just go through the roof. Uh, these teams, you know, are very capable of fielding, you know, competitive teams, uh, you know, varying levels of payroll, obviously. Uh, but you know, they can all be, you know, in play for Max Scherzer. We truly believe that. And we're hoping to, you know, incentivize teams to, to spend and to win. I mean, that's, that's kind of our biggest thing. I know I, I've said it before, but, I mean, our proposals is basically uh, fans are the lifeblood, like Lucas said. How can we get them more engaged? How can we get these fans to, to tune in and, and watch baseball over another sport or go to a baseball stadium and watch a baseball game? And it's talent, right? It, it's plain and simple. It's talent on the field getting guys like Max Scherzer. I mean, I'll buy a ticket to watch Max Scherzer, you know, and the fans will too. I mean, that's what they want to see. They want to see these high-end guys. I mean, Jose Ramirez with the, the Guardians, this guy's an absolute stud, you know, and I, I'd love to watch him play all the time. So um, we feel that, you know, every team can go out and, and be in play for Max Scherzer. Uh, and, you know, hopefully we can incentivize teams to see it that way and go out and be a player in free agency.
0: So Marcus, I'm curious, you were, you're part of the free agency narrative, right? You're one of the big guys that changed teams for a lot of money and the ownership and baseball was pushing that, Hey, we spent almost $2 billion before the month of December. So what in the world could be wrong with the game, the economics of the game, if we're spending that much money on free agents, what do you say to that?
3: Well, I think that I was part of a group that was, you know, one of the best free agent classes of, you know, our time. You know, I think that you look at all the guys out there who went through the system, right. Uh, we, we paid our dues. We, we went through the reserve system. We went through arbitration and we got the free agency. We were able to, you know, put up good numbers, perform, stay healthy. And we were all in the open market. Um, There's still some, you know, arguably the, the top dog still on the market. Um, So for me, I think free agency, when you look at the timing of everything that happened, it's free agency. Anything can happen at any time. Yes. There was a lockout looming. Uh, People, people say, Oh, well, you know, everybody signed before the lockout. What's going on with that? My answer to that is it's free agency. Anything can happen at any time. We don't have a, we don't have a deadline. We you know it's a free market system. Um, you you start to see a lot of teams do do want to get the guys that they really want. And um, you know the the league did not have to lock us out. Uh, we We could have continued to negotiate during this time, actually, regardless of the deadline or not. And we asked them to do that. And obviously, the lockout happened, and we're sitting here waiting to to see where these other superstars can go. But there's still a lot more, um, a lot more good players out there that deserve what they what they've earned, or what what they've done, over the last six seven years.
0: Lucas, you're in an interesting position. Out of the three guys that have joined on this on this program today, you know Zach got paid a couple of years ago by the Yankees and then re-up. Marcus just got he bet on himself, and it worked out great here you are you're still in the arbitration process you haven't signed your big time extension yet with the white Sox. does this what are you chuckling at
1: big time extension
0: well i'm trying to get a little piece of this by the way in case you didn't notice <laughs> smartest in case why wow, you don't you don't want me to push for a big time extension for you oh go for it yeah so you haven't signed your big time extension yet with the white Sox. okay this negotiation, I know it's for the greater good of the game, but for you individually, it feels like there's a lot on the line, Is, isn't there? In what sense? What do you mean, a lot on the line? Well, if the system changes at all, this could really benefit you quicker, perhaps. Is that possible? Uh, I'm, I'm in a position
1: where I'm pretty much two years out from free agency. So like Marcus said, you know, I'm I'm in the position where I've been trusting the system, going through the system, uh 6-year reserve system going into year 5. Uh yeah, I mean, for us a huge thing that that we want to do is allow players to kind of realize their value earlier in their career. Um you know, I'm kind of past that point now. So you know, I'm just kind of trusting the arb system, and uh, like we've been stressing here, uh, this is for like future generations, the greater good of the game in general, making the game better, and allowing players to have a fair share of the pie. Um, I'm not too worried about myself right now.
0: So you're saying that three years ago or two years ago, when we and any of you guys can chime in on this when we knew that Juan Soto was just going to be (laughs) unbelievably good, that he should have been able to cash in when he was 22, right? Instead of having to sign a Ronald Acuna type deal. And I don't have any problem with that. If if a kid wants to sign a deal for $130 million, in the end he's going to shortchange himself a couple hundred million. But is that kind of what we're talking about here, Zach? Am I reading this right?
2: Yeah, I think it to an extent. I know you bring up like Acuna, right? I think the best thing about like a free system, and you know, players can can sign those deals if they want, right? I mean, you know, no one knows you know your situation better than yourself. So, you know, they throw a lot of money at you, and you want to take the deal. That's that's fine, right? Where um, you know, you bring up like you know, Soto. This guy is uh, going to set records everywhere he goes. I mean, he's he's an absolute stud. But yeah, we would we would love for Juan to be able to uh, realize as close to his free agent value as he can. Right. I mean, we're pretty realistic you know what that entails, but yeah, and I'll bring so much value uh, to the game, to the national. So yeah, absolutely. We would love for him to be able to realize uh, more value, you know, early on in his career. And I I think um, it's beneficial for these guys that, that, like I said, bring a lot of value to our game and their team. Right. We're not just talking about anybody. Uh, We're talking about guys that, um, are superstars, right? Right. Can come into the league and just tear it up. Not like guys like me that, you know, are crappy starters and then just got to like find their way into the bullpen, <laughs> right? I mean, uh, so absolutely. I would love to see younger players, you know, uh, I know Judge wasn't, you know, too young when he got in. But the value that he brought to the game of baseball, but to the Yankees, I mean, absolutely. I want to see these guys perform and be able to, to realize, you know, as close to their free agent values as possible. I think that's what we all want.
0: I, I think part of, the deal is, is that when you compare it to other sports, and I don't know how closely you guys follow other sports, but like in the NFL, like if you're a first round pick coming out of college, let's say you're 21 years old, you have a five-year deal, right? It's four years plus the team can pick up the option. But a guy like Josh Allen, right before his fourth year started, they paid him as though he was almost like a free agent. So by age 24, he gets a $258 million extension. Like, is that the sort of, system that you guys would like to be able to see in baseball Marcus is it something like that
3: Well I think it's our sport is different I think that you when you get drafted as a college player like I was you you go to the minor leagues first um you know I played in the minor leagues and you know I was drafted in 2011 I didn't have my first full season in the major leagues until 2015 right so I was um, tw- I was Josh Allen's age I think at that point maybe a little older and I was on the minimum salary just starting my clock uh, so it's different I think you know you have high school guys who end up getting drafted at you know age 18 if, if they take three four years to get up to the big leagues you look at a guy like Vladdy um, he's starting his clock at age 19 or 20 right I, I think that's what it was um, and he's able to you know, those guys will get paid younger, but I think that there's other ways that we have proposed um, to the league that will kind of help every player at each level of their career, whether it's the zero to three, three to six, or six plus. I think that there's, these proposals are nothing radical either. I think that they are just making our system better. We talk about the competition part as well. Um, That will clean up a lot of the concerns we have But the the adjustments we've made to the system should, you know, help help get players, you know, what they want at a younger age a little bit better, and help the the older guys as well.
0: Uh, Lucas, what's the good news here during the negotiations? If there's something that a a baseball fan that's listening to can say, okay, give me some good news here. Like, what do they have to look forward to over the next six weeks? Is it dialogue? Is it that? I I don't know.
1: Well, the good news from our end is that we're, we're here. We're ready to negotiate. You know, we're pretty much waiting on MLB. Um, We're, you know, we've, we've made our proposals. We made multiple proposals uh, right before they decided to lock us out. Uh, They said, no, they weren't interested at the time. Uh, So we're here. We're ready to negotiate. We're not going to negotiate against ourselves. You know, it takes two to tango. So uh, that's kind of where we stand as players, as the union, uh, we want to get something done. We're very interested in improving the game, uh, you know, making it so that, uh, players are fairly compensated throughout their career while also making it more competitive. And that's just where we, where we want to get to, uh, as soon as possible.
0: Zach, you're kind of in an interesting position, um... You're coming off a major injury, and then all of a sudden, because of the lockout, it's full stop. Like, you can't communicate with anybody in New York, correct?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. The, the, it's it's such a weird choice, right? Like, obviously, the lockout, for whatever reasons, that's the route they wanted obviously. <clears throat> Told them we felt like, you know, it wasn't good for your our game, but they chose to do it. And then the communication thing just was mind-boggling to me. Uh, you know, there's really no legal reason to cut off communication. Um, it's just a tactic or, or whatnot. But I think it actually hurts the team more than it does anything. I mean, we have resources through the PA. Um, they've done a great job of lineup facilities for players, uh, medical, you know, if you need to throw a bullpen, hit, or whatnot. So um, for me, I, I'm able to continue doing what I normally would be doing, right? It's just the kind of the team is out of the loop. But, um, you know, there's other guys, obviously – you know, younger guys, maybe that don't have my resources and things like that. And then Union, I feel like, has really stepped in, taken a lead, and, you know, started to arrange, uh, you know, or reached out to those facilities. You know, if guys coming off Tommy John like me, arrange that, set that up, allow guys to not skip a beat, you know, as they're getting ready for the upcoming season.
0: Well, that's good, because I thought maybe you would have to, like, spin up um, some sort of, sort of tutorial on YouTube and, like, um, maybe how, how like... to best rehab from Tommy John, <laughs> you know? Uh... Uh, you imagine, uh, I don't think that would, <laughs> that probably wouldn't end very well. So no. Lucas
2: at TJ though I mean, maybe I could uh, reach out see what he did.
0: Yeah, well, we've had that discussion. They've made um, great strides <laughs> it's,
1: it was a, It was a lot different back in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> I came back very fast.
0: Uh, so when you guys all get together, I want to kind of loosen this up a little bit. I'm curious, like Marcus, what is, is there a guy who's an active player? behind the closed doors of the players union meetings where you're like, that dude could be president of our country. Oh man. There's a ton of guys. I mean, I, the thing about our union is
3: you have so many more young guys speaking up and, and Lucas is obvious, like, when he first came in, I was surprised at how much he spoke up. And like, for me, when I got in, I was very quiet. I'm, I'm a quiet person. Right? I listen. listen um you know when I have something to say I say it I I base everything off of my experience at you know the labor I put into this game right as a player Uh, I'm not a lawyer right but you you listen to guys you know our union is led by Max and Andrew Miller Max Scherzer and Andrew Miller right and it trickles down to everybody and you you just hear everybody articulate themselves and you it's amazing to me I think that you, you see these guys on the field, you compete against them. And then you, you walk into the union meetings and you're like, okay, he looks he's different than I thought he would be, um, you know, off the field. He, he's very well-spoken. He has great ideas. Um,
0: Come on, give me an, I want a name. Who's that guy? Cause it always happens when guys change teams. Like when you have battled against guys for years and you're like, God, that guy was such an asshole. And then they become a teammate. You're like, he's awesome. So there had to have been <laughs> one guy who walked in the meeting. You're like, nah. And then you're like, Okay.
3: <laughs> uh, for me, for me, it was, um, I played against this guy in the AL West forever and now in the AL East, but Colin McHugh is the guy, um, you know, never met the guy besides just seeing him 60 feet away. Right. And then you hear him speak about certain issues and, uh, very impressed. That's, that's, that's one
0: guy. You're like, geez, stop snapping off curveballs, Like, dude, enough, move on. Yeah, he,
3: he, he figured something out. He, I mean, that
0: guy is disgusting. Uh, Zach, you laughed when I brought that up. So there must be somebody who walked into the room who's very different than you expected.
2: Well, I thought you were going a completely different route. Uh, I thought you were like, hey, what do you guys like to do when you're together in Dallas? And I was – I'm not, not sure if Lucas caught me, but I was crushing the dessert tray. Mm. It was <laughs> – you know, I got like months to here, but – I wasn't alone. I'm not going to roll anybody under the bus here, but I had some, I had some of my best conversations at this dessert tray. It was unbelievable. The things they were rolling out there. Um, I gained at least 10 pounds at this place, but um, if, yeah, if there's one guy I'm impressed with, I'm always impressed with Andrew Miller. I played with him at Baltimore briefly, always impressed with him. Um, he's passionate about it. Um, you know, I think that's a big thing. He's just so passionate about, you know, you know, the players and everybody from a guy that has one day of service to a guy that's got 10, 15 years or whatever it may be. Uh, but I always feel like he's passionate. I think, I think Marcus is is a is a great leader. I think a lot, I think there's a skill to, you know, the ability to sit there and listen to what guys have to say and process that information. I think like we're in a speak first society so much that it's refreshing to see people that just kind of sit back and take it all in and I actually, I probably annoy him. I always text him, like, dude, like, speak up. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Um, and even a guy like Max, too. I think those are great. And Luke is, just, is up and coming as as well. I think um, the more young players that we have, as I am old now, um, I think it's just beneficial. I had an older guy take me under his wing and said, hey, you need to, this is important. Like, this, you know, baseball is a business. Who was that? You need to understand. Jeremy Guthrie, actually, in Baltimore. Oh, Stanford yeah, guy, me.
0: really smart. I don't know if yeah. Marcus wants to hear that. <laughs> Fine. Jed Lowry got me into
3: it. He's another Stanford yeah. guy.
2: So. Okay. All good. All right. Yeah, and then Darren O'Day. And those are my big, the two biggest guys. Darren O'Day was like, hey, you got to do this. It's important. Um, and then, obviously, Andrew Miller, you know, playing with him, too, obviously, from Boston to Baltimore. I've had some pretty good guys uh, along the way that have – led me into finding an interest in here. And my wife's an attorney too. So, you know, I'm, if I'm going to yell that, you know, by an attorney, I might as well get yelled at by multiple attorneys, right? Uh,
0: I don't, I don't think that Andrew Miller could run for president. He's too tall. That's very intimidating. Uh, so Lucas, he might be out too. And I'm not so sure that Scherzer could win Oof. either because I really think the multiple eye colored thing would throw voters into a tizzy. I mean, you talk about blowing up Twitter, he does it all the time with his staring just in the sports space. Could you imagine if he ran for politics with eyes like that? It would be the number 1 topic on every news forum. 100%. Yeah, off the charts. Lucas, who's who's the guy that impresses you in those meetings?
1: Oh man. See, I'm I'm just a young buck in there. I I Really like all the guys on the executive subcommittee. Like, I look up to you know the two guys right here, uh, in this call right now, um, as well as uh, Andrew, Max. Uh, you know, I kind of started kind of like what Marcus was saying, like, I just wanted to listen, I just wanted to learn. But what I've really loved is how all of these guys at the top are encouraging younger players to. Uh, speak their opinions Um, you know whether it be informed or uninformed like it doesn't matter it's like get your thoughts out there let's let's always discuss everything we want to hear every single angle Uh, and so that's kind of what I'm learning from them and what I'm trying to pass on to all the young guys uh, on the White Sox right now Um, you know I got some really really young guys on that team that I'm making sure they understand how important this stuff is
0: so wait a second, isn't our buddy glass now a player rep? Yeah. But oh, wait a second. Y'all can't tell me that he's just not the goofball in the corner, like <laughs> right at, at one of these meetings in Dallas. I love the guy. I mean, he makes me laugh, and he's really, he's actually really smart, but he's so goofy. He's so good. <laughs> Zach?
1: You'd be surprised, oh, man. You, you'd, be sur- you'd be surprised. I mean, he he turns it on in there and, and seriously? really seriously. Yeah, yeah, we we all go into serious mode sometimes. Dallas was Dallas was really interesting,
0: but he's so ADD. He even talks about it all the time. How he got kicked out of class in high school because he couldn't <laughs> sit still. What the hell is he like in a union meeting, Britain?
2: You know what? He he's good, honestly. I, I remember Garrett Cole telling me about him because uh, they're close, obviously from Pittsburgh and uh man through uh the pandemic and stuff i'm not sure there was a guy more interested and more involved than, than him honestly like reaching out to garrett and then i i was able to get in you know touch with him and um kind of get to know him a little bit so no i mean uh i know he's a goofball uh getting to talk to him but yeah he, he turns it on i mean i think when you sit in you know these rooms like in dallas or, or whatever right and, and the more information you get i think it's all about just getting information to guys, right? And the more information you have, the more informed you are. And I think the more engaged you are. And I think that's kind of where we are now. I think the younger player is way more in this kind of stuff. And I don't know if it's through social media access information, the PA communicating, you know, well, or the older players, I I don't really know, but this generation of player is way more interested in, uh, you know, not only performing at a high level, you know, on the field, but, obviously just like the little things that, um, you know, this is a business, right? This is how we make our living. And they're just, there's so much more involved in that aspect too. And not just, you know, being the best baseball player on the field.
0: Marcus, are you a note taker during these union meetings? I think you are.
3: Well, I, I used to be now, you know, where I'm at now, I think that of course, no, no, there's no player who's a lawyer, right? You, none of us can go in there and, you know, try and fake, like, we are, we are a lawyer in the negotiation room, but the little tidbits you get about negotiating and, you know, what we fought for in previous negotiations that, you know, that's something, that's, that's a no-no, that we're not going there. Um, you know, this, just learning, understanding the history of, you know, the things we fought for and what it took to get, like, arbitration, free agency, and, you know, the the issues now that, You know, the league may be trying to take back, or you know, that we may be trying to improve. Um, you know, those are definitely note taking topics
0: nowadays. Have you, so have you guys been in the same room with the owners?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So, like, Jerry Reinsdorf, your boss, Lucas, is sitting in the, no,
1: no, Jerry wasn't there.
0: They have their own committee. They, uh, oh, who's who's on that one?
2: Board. Ah, come on, put me on the spot. Are you allowed to say or no? <laughs> I know how Steinbrenner is. Uh, <laughs> How's on there? Uh, Dick Monfort's on there. They believe that he's their their head. I don't know. Real, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they care, right? I don't know.
0: I mean, they've got it. Ray sure Davis was Google there, it you know, and right? Find it out, it. yeah.
2: Um, who was all there, guys? So like uh, refresh my memory um, right here. I just rattled um, off the twins' guys. owner po- Jeff. Oh, uh, Henry. Or Pol- or Henry was Polad.
3: Polad yeah. Yes, Polad, hmm. Aton Yeah. Adonacio, I'm yeah. I'm butchering
0: names here, but okay. um it's Rose, by the way, in case you gotta say that, I got Rose, Rose. I like the accent. Yeah. Now seriously, what is it like? Because these they're all these guys are all Uber successful elsewhere before they buy in for yeah. the most part, right? The Steinbrenners, obviously, this is something that's been passed along in their family, and the Polads as well, but a lot of these people extremely successful billionaires elsewhere is it a little intimidating being in the same room as guys that have done it in the boardroom before lucas
1: i i didn't really feel that way i mean i'm i think that we have wonderful representation uh we have a very clear message uh we had very clear proposals uh we knew going in like many months ago what we would be fighting for uh, you know what was very important to us as a union as far as improving the game so i mean we made that very clear i mean we made it clear as day to them uh you know they weren't really interested in hearing about it so that's pretty much where uh where we're at right now i didn't really find anything intimidating about it
0: do they Just all wear business. like big time suits is everybody dressed up for this <laughs> I'm curious. Like, nah, it's hit it, or
2: miss. I think like it's like hit or miss. Some guys are dressed up. Some guys are kind of dressed down. I mean, um, you know, it's not like crazy formal. I mean, we're just, we're sitting across from each other and um, you know, Bruce Myers doing a lot of the talking and right. there's times when like it's a smaller group and uh, you know, some players will be in there or whatever. And you kind of just let Bruce talk you. about <laughs> your, um, I, I don't think so. I don't think like the intimidation thing. I don't, I don't think so. I think, you got to understand these guys are obviously very business savvy, right? And this is what they do. And it's, that's what it is. Right. You know, at the end of the day, our, we both have the same goal. We want baseball to be successful. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and that's it. Like we have, we have common ground right there. We want baseball to be successful. And um, you know, if you've negotiated a contract or been through arbitration, which you know, everyone here has, and even, you know, Chris, you're a contract with networks. I mean, it's the same thing, right? I mean, you know, it's, maybe uncomfortable sometimes and, you know, things get heated and, and whatever, but that's just part of any negotiation. Um, you know, you move on and you try to find common ground and, you know, hopefully we can get that at some point. Um, yeah. As we go forward, we'll see after, you know, the new year and things like that.
0: Hey everybody, I need you to do me a favor and um, I will do you a favor as well. Here at John Boy Media, we are very proud of all the programming that we put out. But we don't want to rest on our laurels. We want to get better. So that's why we need to hear from you in a very brief survey that's going to take you less than five minutes. We want to hear what you like about all the programming, where we can get better, what you don't like. It's okay. We all have thick skin. We understand you're not going to love everything we do. Um, That's okay. The way we get better is to hear from our audience, from our consumers out there, because we want to supply the sort of programming that you crave. In addition to that, in addition to getting better programming from us, from doing this survey, you're going to get 20% off of your next purchase at our shop, okay? So if you haven't done all of your holiday shopping, let us help you out. 20% discount, whether it's for yourself or that someone special in your life or just a family friend, 20%. And I'm talking about less than five minutes of work that's going to be beneficial for you anyway. So thanks so much for filling out the survey. All right, I got, I got a, just a couple more questions. I'll let you go about your day. and I, I really appreciate everybody's time. Um, do you guys, and I know you've got a job to do, you want to make the game better and you want to support the future generations of players. I, I don't think there's a fan out there that will not respect that. But at the same time, do you understand how fragile the environment is for the consumer, right? Baseball We all love it. I'm not going anywhere. Some of the younger fans have gone elsewhere, whether it's Gamerville. Lucas can talk about that. Oh, yeah. Other forms of entertainment. We've never had more things that are disposable at our fingertips. I really think it's important to get this done before spring training. Are you guys all cognizant? Does that ever come up in a discussion, Marcus, among players that, hey, guys – we really need to nail this thing before we start losing any time.
3: Yeah. I think that's been the conversation amongst, you know, players right now is what is the path to a deal, right? We, everybody or both sides have laid out, you know, their wants, um, where, what is the path to the deal? I think the negotiating is the path, right? Um, this is collective bargaining. Um, so that's what we're waiting on. I think that we this once these holidays pass by, January is a huge month uh, as a baseball player. It's the most important time to train, you get into spring training, uh, preparing for a marathon, right? A long season that we all want to happen. Um, but the path to the deal is the most important thing. I think that if we can get on these calls and bargain instead of waiting or, um, you know, not, not answering, I think we have a good chance. I mean, everybody here, everybody, these guys on this call, I think we're all optimistic that we are going to have a season, but we
2: need the path to the deal to start right now.
0: Zach, is that the same way you see it?
2: Yeah, I think he nailed it. I mean, I think it's negotiation. I mean, you know, we went to Dallas and we kind of tweaked some of the proposals I felt like, and, you know, uh, you know, I felt like we, you know, did what we need to do in a negotiation standpoint, right. And we didn't get anything from them, so we are kind of just like a little frustrated by that just because we know, like Marcus said, like, if you want to get a deal done, you got to negotiate. You can't, you can't negotiate against yourself. Nobody would do that in the business world, right. If you're negotiating something. So I, I think the more communication that we have, I think that's the path to a deal. Right. Um, And you can't control what the other side side does or chooses not to do. Uh, So we're prepared. We're available Christmas day to negotiate. We know how important this is and we really do. Um, But at the same time, you know, there's things for us that we feel like will benefit that fan, right? That fan that's in between like, Hey, do I watch baseball? Do I watch something else? Like we feel like we're really proposing some tweaks that are going to draw fans in that, you know, when you go to a baseball game and, um, you know, Tampa or, you know, Cleveland, you know, your team's competing just as much as the Yankees with the high payroll, the Dodgers, you know, with all the money they have, like there's, and there's incentive for that team to win, right? There's incentive. It's, it's not, Hey, let's tank for five years. And and then we'll see you with all these first round draft picks, you know, type of thing. Uh, I played in Baltimore, right. When we stunk, I mean, we were bad. And uh, when we got good, <laughs> the Camden yards was sold out. Right, and they've gone through this period now. Like people are like, "Oh, fans aren't coming back." Well, I mean, the product, right? Like they're not competing for anybody, Uh, and that's just one example. Obviously, not picking on them. um, We feel like these proposals are really going to get those fans back engaged in our game um, because their team's going to be year in and out, you know, trying to trying to play well and trying to win. Um, But we got to negotiate for that to happen.
0: Finally, um, you guys all talked about how you're not lawyers, but you've learned an awful lot about. Uh, the art of negotiation you guys are all married Lucas has that helped you at all
1: <laughs> I wish I could say it did so no I take still that as a no I still no comment. I still
0: happily lose every <laughs>
1: argument it's okay
0: no, not one win in your career I don't think
1: yeah we're just going to keep it that way she's too stressed and busy to for me to try and take wins
0: Zach, you and said I don't you're... think Luke says kids yet,
2: right? Like, so mm-hmm. me and Marcus know, like, when the kids come too, I mean, it's just like you maybe had like a, a half a percent chance of winning that argument. It's like it, it's definitely zero out now. You, you would know this as well, you know?
0: Yeah. There's no winning. No. Well, you, and you said you're married to an attorney on top of
2: it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There is um, actually, you know, scott and boris is mine and marcus's agent and i actually uh, I actually kind of when i was uh, nego- have been negotiating co- any contract arbitration or whatever my, my wife is really interested right in the process and i laugh because i think she calls scott more than i do and i mean i, I think she is just like <laughs> 21 questions and just like reading over stuff like little things and i and you know he'll call me and i'd be like man you gotta you need to call court like <laughs> if you want this to get done, like you're calling the wrong person, you know. So uh I have no shot. If Scott can't, you know, if Scott can't win against her, I got I got zero chance. So I don't even try anymore.
0: Marcus, how how are we doing on the win-loss ledger?
3: You know what? I'm still, you know, we we're going on five years here. You know, we have three kids under five. You pick your battles. Um you we nobody Nobody is grinding like our wives for, you know, with the kids while we're playing or while we're working out or while we're doing a podcast or, you know what I mean? So you, you need to pick your battles and it does not compare to negotiating with, with the league at all. <laughs> I,
0: uh, as the senior member of this podcast today, and we will be married 25 years in 2022. Wow, congrats, uh, I have one, win. I have one win in my career and that is the fact that she has yet to call a divorce attorney. <laughs> so that is the in the book. And I will gladly take that one. So. That's awesome. Lucas can tell you we do this each and every episode on the Chris Rose rotation. We spin the wheel of moderately interesting things. We'll land on a category, you guys will answer it, we'll get you on your merry way. All right. That one's done let There we go. Because uh, you answered it last time, Lucas. it was pretty funny. Uh, this one is Toy Story, and it's appropriate for the season that we are in. What was the best toy you ever received during the holiday? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Is no. that, do you know best one, Marcus? Toy. Best toy.
3: Yeah, I mean, toy. The, this is – you know what? It's not a toy. It's a gift on the holidays, but it's a baseball bat. Every year, my grandmother gave me a new metal bat. And that's what I remember about Christmas. You know, my mom for sure was not giving me a new bat every year, but grandma was like, I want to go watch my baby with a new bat. It's mm-hmm.
0: Talk about investing. Grandma was smart. Right.
3: She was. She would have returned. I mean, it's <Yeah>. <laughs> not a dude. toy, but that's all I got. <laughs>
0: Was there a favorite bat that you had? Because the kids now a day are all over like a particular model. Was there something that yeah, you loved? I,
3: I had like the Omaha Classic. They, I don't even. It was like the bronze colored one. Mm-hmm. Um, these bats are long gone now, but uh, I don't those know. Those things they were used to so
2: know. illegal. Those bats <laughs> were the ball was jumping off those big barrel things. Oh my god! Yeah. I don't. I don't know how we survived.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. No, they were dangerous, but. <laughs> Zach, you got a, uh, a gift that you remember as a kid? You know, I mean,
2: I'm thinking of two right now. I mean, there's probably more. There there was one that was – I was a big Tom Glavin fan um, growing up. I grew up in L.A., but the Braves were, like, always on, right? So I, I loved the Braves. I loved Tom Glavin. I think Wilson made this glove, like, where you – you can dial it and you can blow it up and oh it yeah up. yeah the thing was sick so that was like that was like my favorite like baseball gift but like you know when video games are kind of starting to get you know pretty popular i got like duck hunt you remember like duck hunt where you get to like shoot the ducks on the screen it's probably like the most basic <laughs> game ever but you had the little orange gun and you got to shoot the thing me and my brother i have two older brothers i mean we were like stuck in front of our gosh you know like box tv for hours and i think my parents are like this is like this was a bad idea but (laughs) like the duck hunt game is like i can specifically remember just sitting there with my brothers and just crushing like the screen and you can just like cheat and hold it up to the screen and like scroll the ducks and smoke them but yeah those are the two things the glove with the dial was was pretty cool i actually still have it in like storage
0: very Uh, good lucas yeah
1: well i didn't care nearly about I didn't care enough about baseball nearly as much as these guys when I was younger. All I wanted to do was play video games. It was the <laughs> It was the Nintendo Wii.
0: Oh, the, oh, the,
1: when the remote and like the like motion tracking, I thought that was the craziest thing ever. I think I was like, I don't know like nine years old or ten when that came out. Yeah, I played so much Wii tennis so much. and then I got this Wii baseball game. And, like, in order to throw pitches, like, to throw a slider, you had to, like, do this with the remote. <laughs> and, like, to throw, like, a change-up, you had to, like, go the other way and, like, curveball. And I ended up, like, playing so much of that game. I couldn't play in, like, a travel baseball tournament because my <laughs> elbow was hurting me so bad. And that's what I was like, all right. You know, I was, like, 13 at that point, 12 or 13. It was like, okay, I better, like, clean this up because... Maybe I should just put a regular controller back in my hand. This isn't for me anymore.
0: You had, you had to we retire. Yeah. That's oh. tough low. Tough Tiger low. Woods golf was money on Wii. Oh, nice. Very good. Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, I appreciate it. I know our, our viewers and our listeners certainly kind of appreciate you taking us into the world of, of the Players Union. And, and I mean, listen, we know you guys are strong. Uh, We know that this will end and we all hope that it is before spring training. We, you know, we miss baseball. We miss the fact that there aren't transactions going on. Our buddy, Steven Brault can't even talk to teams and he just got DFA'd. It sucks for a lot of people. And you guys know that, but um, we're rooting for you. We hope this thing comes to pass at some point. And all I can tell you is I really appreciate your time. And I know our viewers and listeners do as well for your perspective. So Marcus, thank you. Thank you, Chris. Zach, I appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. Had a great time. Lucas, always good to see you.
1: Yes, sir. I'll be back soon.
0: For our awesome producer, extraordinaire Robbie Shirocco, I am Chris Rose. We will see you next time on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.